welcome to another episode of The Trapeze featuring the gentleman of Thick Line, Thin Line. Thanks for joining me again, lads. So this week we are going to touch base on your debut EP, Land, which you put together shortly after that first gig that we talked about in the previous episode. How soon after the show did you guys kind of knuckle down, hit the studio and put it all into recorded format? I think Aldi would be the one to hit that up. Oh, that's helpful because I have no idea. I think we had started recording sessions before the show. Really? I think, I think so. I think there may have been one or possibly two recording sessions before the gig. And then, okay. yeah, it was released in November. We landed, according to our Facebook page, on June 2012. So I reckon we did start recording probably end of 2011 or somewhere around there. I remember it was in oh, some strange house. What yeah, I was living in the crowd. It was like northern suburbs near Greensboro, yeah. yeah. near the army barracks. There was a lot <laughs> of cigarettes in, in my car driving up there. It was good. It was interesting experience. Getting everyone up there to, to record, which is a very different very different environment and very different sort of view on people's skills as band members when you actually record because you um you don't have the luxury of having your performance being masked by someone else. So it was very uh what's the word? Intimate. Oh elaborate. Also like doing it all in the in the comfort of a bedroom. Yeah, that too. <laughs> oh Christopher. Invite all of us to take back your boudoir. Intimate in Chris's bedroom is exactly how I like the idea of this album having been put together. Actually, both the recordings we've done were all completely done in bedrooms. And actually, to add even more fun facts to this, not one single physical instrument uh, amplifier was used. Everything that's done in the box and brutals, like drum mm. machines and guitar amp emulators, the only real thing that isn't done in the box is the vocals. <laughs> It was an interesting experience. It was uh, like, how fast can you draw? You know what I mean? Do you guys have separate records like that maybe just Benson and Adam or someone went to Ollie's place to do? Or was it always when we were all there? I think the first time we headed up to McLeod, Cam wasn't available. I was still uh, a relatively avid sports person. I was off wow. playing squash. You bunked off the squash. right? I, I thought it was like I, work or... I, no, I, I had booked in for a tournament. What is wrong and, with you? I know. Great, boss boy, weren't you? Yeah, what I was... crazy. Once upon a time, here you go, to go along with the Shannon Knoll fact, at one time I was oh. ranked in the top 15 juniors in the country for my age group. Wow, that's amazing, dude. Yeah, by the time you guys met me, I was a chain-smoking drunk, so you guys didn't ever really see that part of me. That's crazy. Let's be fair, like, it is squash, so out of the top 15 out of 20 isn't a massive goal. Yeah, <laughs> Have you played squash, man? Squash is gnarly. It's like being in a squash pinball machine. fucking hectic. You don't want to be inside a pinball machine, bro. It looks terrifying. <laughs> I, I'm not keen for it, but uh, I've only really seen it in films. I haven't witnessed it in person. How's your lung capacity, dude? That shit's like, yeah, not they're great. like running um, around. <laughs> That's crazy. People always wondered why I could like go on stage the way that I used to. It's like, well, you make me run fucking 15 meters in a straight line and I'm dead, but I could play a fucking 90 minute squash match and be fine. That's crazy. But Can I just, just say this? what your body gets Can. used to, hey? Shannon, Noel, and Squash. Yeah. Who are you? Oh, man. Yeah, really? You're going to yeah, keep really. fucking finding out all this sort of weird shit about me. Well, Adam, Adam already knew that because we actually tried to record an EP at the squash center at one point. <laughs> Bullshit. Oh, 
Yeah, we did. Just, I, I, I don't, I don't know. remember <laughs> ever hearing the um, discussions from that. That genuinely made me laugh. <laughs> why? Oh my God. <laughs> Josh, Josh, you want to know why? You want to know why we recorded? Because it was free. Yeah, good point. Anything. It was free, and the whole place is your own fucking echo chamber. It's your own reverb chamber. That's pretty rad. Let's get back to talking about the record and less about squash. I am curious. We're talking about the EP. There, there's a bunch of stuff that I don't know about it. Like I don't know where the name came from. So, so why was it called Land to begin with? It wasn't. <laughs> you remember what it was called, Chris? I can't remember. Come on. I know. Really? Nobody. Logistics was going to be the second one. Okay, yeah, Secret Origin was logistics. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So I think my, my my memory of it was we were all like, right. I can't remember. I think Oldie came up with. So I think the a plan that we had at one point was we, well, we had enough material for like a few releases. One of us thought maybe it'd be a cool idea if one person like took the reins of like art direction and like. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. I can't remember. Yeah. I think it might have been Oldie that came up with the idea of one. Yeah. Yeah, the bird. The art. And then yeah. there was that show, I think it was at the noise bar, where the dude putting it on just kept talking about the logistics of the night. <laughs> and we were all under the... That's um, right. Whatever. And <laughs> like, we just locked onto the word logistics for about eight months. And that <laughs> and that was going to be the title of the second EP. But then that didn't eventuate. And, like, seriously... We were so dumb. That's so dumb. <laughs> like, for, for a long for a long time like the second EP like we were all convinced it was going to be called Logistics oh my because gosh, of that because right. of that schlub going on about I just, some show I, I don't remember a lot from back in this time but um, I remember the art that I originally had for well yeah. like say I had the idea I had well sort of it's a bit blurry but there's something about the bird the bird always existed but it no. had like I'm pretty sure didn't it but I'm pretty sure like it was like Oh, that was a baby, wasn't it? Uh, no, no, a, he was a burger. He was a burger, oh, you burger. said. Because Aldi was never, like, being in a position where, like, I get to choose album art and the name or whatever. So he just, like, <laughs> went stupid with power. He just go, I'm going to throw out the most ridiculous suggestions because I, I, I had to draw it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, anything, anything, dude. Yeah, yeah, because that's what I was saying. I was like, you can just, just anything, anything cool, like, anything you come up with. And he's like, all right, cool. How about like a bird flying over some buildings holding a burger? Uh, initially, I was like, uh, all right, all right. I was sure. What do you want to call it? I thought it was going to be like a green day dookie, you know, like that kind of that kind of artwork. Like it makes sense. You got a bird flying, hey, whatever, green day, green day dookie. And he's like, let's call it land. I was like, because the bird's flying and like, that's his, <laughs> destination is he delivering the burger and Aldi's like I don't know I was like uh, so it's like a stork does a, does a burger represent a baby the eagle is a stork is it like something to do with like predatorial birds against like dead flesh are you saying something about you know fast food consumerism He's like well, obviously I had I don't really know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was, and I can't remember this completely, but I'm pretty sure there's like a baby with. I thought there were like either machine guns that were firing baby heads, or there's a baby carrying cheeseburger machine guns. I remember. I don't remember. That's it. That's it. 
it's the eagles carrying the baby and the baby is like either throwing burgers or shooting them out of like a t-shirt <laughs> cannon or something like that. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> the, right. the best part I'm finding about this is that for you, this is your first experience into, into how Oldie's brain works. Whereas yeah. at this stage, Oldie and I had been very drunk together and very uh, <laughs> in very different states of altered consciousness. And you're just exactly. going, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? I'm, like, I'm just here hearing it. this story again, going, what the fuck? <laughs> he had all these musical prowess, and like to know that Aldi was such a like confident musician. And then his first like artistic endeavor was baby birds with burgers. Like <laughs> shooting guns, I was like, "All right, I have a in there." I really appreciated the the deep dive into uh, the psyche and the law of this that you really tried to draw out of it. Yeah, because I, no, I took everything at face value, you know. Because like you tricked me. Because initially, I was like, "Anything come up with, man?" You know, like whatever, you know, like stuff that you always wanted to have on an album but never could. I'm your guy. And he's like, yeah, that's awesome. I wanted to have heaps of stuff on albums. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, it's sick. And then the next thing he said was fucking stupid. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh. And then that, like exactly what Josh just brought up, that thing immediately came to my head. I was like, wait, 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 wait. This guy? Uh, no, no, no. I can't be. It was like, no, nah, it's definitely this guy. That just came out of his face hole. That sound <laughs> that he just made just came out of his face hole. And I'm just, I'm just, I just take it at face value. And he just ran with it. It kept getting worse, more stupid. And then that, that's how we ended up with just the eagle flying over, like not even like an impression of buildings, like just some graphical lines to give the. I, could, I wouldn't draw buildings. I was just like, like your buildings, <laughs> windows. I'm not doing individual windows. I'm doing three windows, and these fuckers are getting cut and pasted. Fuck you. <laughs> that was great. I, I was Can I just say, Aldi is one of the most business-oriented and producer-oriented and, like, very skilled and meticulous in so many ways. Yeah, but agreed. even over me, I feel like you are the silliest cunt in this band. <laughs> I agree. Also... <laughs> The is, is beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a reason I'm keeping around for so long. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's how we that's how we arrived. That's how we landed. There we uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really hoped for something better, but I'm all for that. Let's just lean in. I, I just really, I, I thought there was going to be a bit more philosophy behind it, but I'm okay I'm with it. Really nah, happy that's, with it. that's the story you never knew you needed. I'm sad we didn't have that burger. You're right. And one day, someone in this um, sextet of people needs to Photoshop together his original vision for the collector's edition 10-year anniversary. Well, one more thing, like for one of the drafts I showed him, I offered him, I was like, here's three to choose from. One of them, I was so pissed off about it that I actually drew the best burger so detailed like you could see the sauce coming it was amazing I was like this burger is the best thing in this whole album art like fuck the bird fuck the city shape I put all the effort into the burger and he's like you know what I was just kidding <laughs> that's what he said at the end <laughs> I was just kidding I was like have you, have you looked at this burger this is a BLT perfection, motherfucker. And he's like, yeah, nah, no babies, no burgers, just the 
bird call. And I was like, fuck <laughs> you. Um, I also, uh, Keith, I really, I truly appreciate the fact that you said one of us in this sex tent knowing full well that uh, Benson is by far the most qualified. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. We're going to have a lot of fun, man. So this is the part where I actually did some research because I had some like vague memories about being told the background of uh, the the song titles uh, back in the day when the when the EP was very fresh, and so I'm like, no, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to actually do a little bit of research to remind myself. Now, going on the first track, bystander effect. Like I looked it up and. What it says on my piece of paper in front of me is that it's a social psychological theory that says the likelihood of an individual offering help to someone in need is inversely proportional to how, uh, how many others are present. What I don't get is why you turn that into a song, and that's what I'm real curious about. What inspired the that that concept to be developed into the opening track on the EP? Yeah, every Watchmen by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Probably one of the greatest comic books of all time. There's a story in it about one of the characters, why he's compelled to do what he does, which is like mask up and go out in public and um, practice vigilantism. And he cites a case, and it's actually a real-life case. I think names are changed, etc. But in the books, it's like Chidi Genovese was her name. She was like in a, the square of her apartment block, like the little quadrangle before you go into your buildings, and there's four buildings, four three buildings walling it off. And in this story, as in the article in real life, she was uh, accosted, attacked and raped, and um, uh, nobody called the cops. The neighbors just watched. And that was the point where, like, Rorschach took the dress that was meant for Kitty Genovese. It was made of living fabric from Dr. Manhattan Tech, and then he um, made a mask out of it because he couldn't stand to see his own face because it was the face of every human. And, you know, he knows that, like, according to him, it's a rudderless world. There's nobody steering the ship. It's easy to have a conspiracy because you can point at someone and, you know, blame them. But it's not God that does these things. It's just us. That's why I wrote Bystander Fetch because it's kind of like a comment on, like, if you feel like you should do something, what's stopping you from doing it? And that's what it is. It's because someone will always wait for somebody else to speak up first. And then eventually the crowd mentality will kick in. Silence becomes a riot, etc. So, yeah, that's why the, all the lyrics to that, even the chord progression used, is the type of scale has to do with like the singular note that Adam plays. Nothing happens until everyone joins in, even down to like the way the song structured has, has affected. So yeah, that's where the title came from. And it's so sad to say, but I think a, a story like that came up in America quite a few years back. Pretty much the exact same thing Benson was talking about. A young lady was attacked in a housing development hall kind of area. Someone broke into her apartment and this girl got stabbed and brutally attacked. And everyone heard it. Like, there was reports from everyone in the building and surrounding areas that heard it all happen. And nobody came to help her. And they all said, we thought someone else would. And then uh, she didn't even die. She sat there bleeding and was all fucked for, I think, 10 to 12 hours. And then 12 hours later, the guy came back and killed her. There was 10 to 12 hours of her rising and screaming in agony. And... No one did anything, and then she eventually got finished by the guy. It was on a podcast I heard the other day, but yeah, that, that legitimately happened. They even yeah. said bystander effect, and it kind of got my ears up. I was like, holy shit, yeah. that's a legitimate thing. It's a bit heavy, but it's not like it doesn't always have to be painted in such broad strokes. It can be like minuscule, something small. Yeah. It like, could be someone he, getting punched yeah. in the face and no one, no one standing up to them. Someone being racist and no one going, yeah. 
yeah. hey, that, that's not a good thing to do. What are you fucking doing? So the, the overall message of it is, you know, these are all the things that we're capable of. Let's try really hard to go against not the, base not to blow my own trumpet, but like I, I've never been able to do that. I've gotten into trouble way too many times in my life because I've seen something happening and I run to that thing to, to, to try and help out or be a, yeah, I don't want to say antagonist, but yeah, deflect some of the shit and it's it got me in trouble too many times in my life. But like, I understand how people would stand back and do nothing, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think that's a human condition that we could try and fucking train out of ourselves because it's, it's not helpful. It's just an observation that I thought to make a comment on, you know, express my thoughts on it by like putting it in a song, putting it in a scale and a progression that kind of says everything that I wanted it to say. I think it's more relevant in this kind of day and age than ever, even though you wrote that 10 years ago, and it was probably relevant 50 years before that. Like, people are very self-preserving, if you know what I mean. It's applicable. Yeah, that's that's the word. Uh, It's just I like to write things that way, you know? For example, like, you could say something about feed. You could literally take those lyrics as written in the context of the times you lived in then, and then you could apply it now. Literally, if you just read out the chorus, you read out the first sentence that you say. We always take the easy way out. Yeah. Both of those songs kind of coincide in a weird way, to be honest. Yeah, but it's only because you're looking at it through the prism of like now and you're applying it to something like current events. See, you're applying it. It has to be applicable, but if you're like somebody else from another part of the world living a different life, you have a totally different idea of what that is. We may have intentions when we write these songs, like Bystander Effect, but once it's done, once it's performed... It's out of our hands. Yeah. And people yeah. do crazy things that like get tattoos of the words on themselves. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's out of our hands, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that answers your question, Keith. Absolutely, it does. And look, talking about feed, that was uh, another kind of unusually uh, titled song. Uh, and I remember, I can't remember which one of you guys it was that told me about it, but <laughs> it was it's all about how nope. cows nope, 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 nope. face. No? Nope. Was that was me. Sorry. I read an article that apparently all cattle, when they're feeding, like when when a cow eats, apparently it faces true north. And, and can I say, Adam, I've researched that and I think that is false. <laughs> well, that's the thing, oh, yeah, because I, I did the research the other week, but like in preparation for, for this particular episode, and there's a lot of documentation saying that it does happen magnetic north or magnetic south, ah. got this weird kind of polar mentality. But what's weirder that I came across in that research is that dogs also face magnetic north or south when they are defecating. Huh. So there you go. Maybe you're right on my bad. What well, I want to really know here is <laughs> whether or not either of you did first-hand research into this. If so, go seek help. Well, no, look, no, no, no. So, I did Googling, and that's not a that's not like a term for something else. I actually use the internet, not my eyes, and following dogs and cows around, I promise. My my idea for the, the title came from reading this article, thinking that that was kind of cool, and my interpretation of what you guys were doing with the lyrics. Uh, yeah, I sort of likened, you know, who you guys were talking about and how I perceived who you were talking about, and, yeah, basically calling us cattle. Like, we always take the easy way out. Like, we all do it. You know, you, you we always the giant follow the same kind of directive. That's right. And then I found out a few months later when I first discovered the band Cattle Decapitation and how their <laughs> name, or their name, the, the cattle in their name is human. So it, it was kind of cool. 
it didn't factor into the titling of the song. Like I just thought it was kind of cool. But that's where the name Feed Facing North came from. I was always astounded. Like as a young boy, I was astounded by that. And I, I don't think I researched it till I was like 27, like a couple of years ago. And then I was like, I wonder if that's fucking legit. But as we know, the internet has many um, back and forth answers on subjects. And one thing I, I saw was that it wasn't true, but I reckon it, because I swear I've seen cows facing whatever direction they friggin' want before. Just munching. Hey, can I please in, 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 interject here, which is that it's fascinating to me if you could all just take a moment to step back and like be aware of the discussion that just took place about like the, the, the debate between like whether cows feed north or dogs feed north. I think dogs that observation. Yeah, but do, do, do you know what I'm saying? Like that Defecate. human fascination. Oh, sorry, defecate. It's that human fascination of like which way an animal will face while they're doing something. It's that need to scrutinize and observe something. And cows do not give a fuck what we're doing. Do you know what I'm saying? But it's that thing that we feel the need to, to look at it, discuss it, write articles on the internet, be fascinated by those articles, and then <laughs> write a song about it. That human thing that needs to measure you know, and like be fascinated by like weird obscure facts. Like, do cows really do that? Do dogs really do that? I think to me, like that is the underlying thing of what the song is actually all about. Because look at the conversation it just generated, factual or not. We're like, what the fuck? What are we talking about? What's wrong with us? <laughs> and it's, a, it's, it's a deep, it's a deeper song than the the, the name might even suggest. It's 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 quite yeah, it's kind of confronting. Yeah, but, but uh, think about how it sounds when you say those words. It's great. It fits. It's like saying cellar door. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's perfect. Feed facing north. north. Yeah, it perfectly rolls off. I think that's part it makes of the me want. It makes me want to fucking eat facing north. Like, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? <laughs> Am I a cow? Dictating bad animals. Oh, my God. <laughs> and if he can't see facing north, he's going to turn which way he resists on the ball. No, 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 sit down, sit down, sit down. Don't, don't go looking for a compass. Sit down. Sir, stop please, sit please down. stop unbolting. The, the chairs are bolted down for a reason, sir. I'm having a Sir Harrington. Thank oh my God. God. You're the best. You're like the greatest thing. You're going to go on your knees, aren't you? You're going to go outside. Oh, like, right. You fucking animal. Trump. You're going to do it. <laughs> I'm a simple, complicated boy. Just fucking. <laughs> next question. Next question. Absolutely. Okay. Next question. I, I do. I do want to pop back to bystander effect because the film clip that was put together for that song is super intricate. There's a lot to take in. I'm. I'm curious, Benson, because I know that it was you behind the details of that. Uh, how How long did it take you to put that together initially? Uh, a little over two. Days is in like forty nine, maybe fifty hours, something like that. That's intense. I actually uh, thought it would have taken longer, but you are a man uh, with a very—I I don't even know how to describe it. But you, you get the job done. Yeah, no, that was a salvage job. Um, I initially yeah. had stuff already done like weeks before that, and it was easy to execute. But my computer crashed upon upload, and I had to re from like a restore point which yeah and some things were in a like a weren't in a state ready for even editing so i had to redraw a lot of things and it was more time consuming because i fucked up by choosing um see because it's animated so 
so that's even more tedious. And animation runs at 12 frames per second standard. But I'm a sadist, so maybe a bit masochistic, actually, because I ran it at 24 frames. So that means I had to do twice as many drawings. That's why some parts of it run super quick because there's 24 drawings in each second. That's why it's like some of it looks like pause, but some of it looks really fast. For example, like when Aldi's playing the basic rock beat, the the way the sticks are going, I have to move that quick. I couldn't do them at 12 because of the tempo of the song. So there were some parameters and things like that. That's just one example of the many, many plates that had to be spun in order to make that happen, like the sourcing stuff from like the photos of the band and then like using that as like, say, keyframe number one and then being economical, like, all right, I only have to move Adam's wrist. I just have to put his right hand on the G octave and then just make sure his left hand is strumming in time. I, actually, I don't even have to do it in time. I just have to make sure it looks fast. You know, th- there's all these weird little tricks that I had to like reuse certain images the Hanna-Barbera trick of like looping the same background and all this stuff. Yeah, I wanted it to be done by release date. So that was the more sort of grindier, under pressure aspect of it. But to be honest, I really love that environment, like that mental space of like super high octane, warp speed, opening stargates, 100 miles or light miles a second. I love that. I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm pretty satisfied with the way it turned out, except now. The technology's gone so oh, quick, I and I released it in, in three, in three sixty, in, in three sixty. So now it's like super low res, and I kind of want to redo it at some point. But there's such better technology now that I think I can do a much better version of the video clip in much better quality. Not just like redo everything the exactly the same way, but like remaster everything properly, like better, you know, crisper lines, things like that. But then there's so many ideas, there's so many videos, there's so many songs. So have to take a back burner right now yeah absolutely making a lot more new material so best to focus on that than to revisit some of the older stuff at this point in time now there are a lot of geometric shape imagery a lot of animal heads and and like a lot of machinery imagery what was the background uh, behind them like the representation and, and the reason that you chose that kind of thing uh, the animal thing is like the band thing. It's like a totem thing that we do. It's like any kind of, you know, outside force that we can generate, like say sound is a good example. You can't touch it. You can only hear it. You can only feel it. There's those things like, you know, wh- where do those things come from? They come from animal instincts. It's like our primitive brain. And therefore, what do we identify with? It's a very like, very cliched now notion of uh, spirit animals and such, but there's a reason why it's cliched is because it's work for tens of thousands of years people have identified with nature you know no matter how hard they try to separate themselves from it and i thought that was just a weird nice little thing for the band to have their individual totems everyone chose theirs accordingly nobody got theirs chosen for them and like when you think about it when you look harder the heads are there because it's a nod to like a uh, anthropomorphic kind of animal god say like in ancient egypt and south america and things like that where like you know you have anubis and horus and things like that so it's like our version of that where we channel that type of energy and it comes out in our song Gods and Thieves and things like that because we don't really know where the music comes from. I mean, I have my theories, but that's a conversation for another time. So it's kind of a nice... <laughs> I, can't, honor, I, can't, you know? I can't begin to explain how our animals just... I know we pick them for ourselves in, in many ways, but like it just seems to work, man. I always yeah, look at see, Benson as a fucking fool. That's the point. It's like the point where you can't explain it. That's the why. You should ask yourself why you can't explain it. You don't need to. That 
yeah. the point. You, you keep trying to explain it. It's beyond explanation because it's primal. It doesn't need to be explained. Instinct doesn't need justification. The lion doesn't feel sorry for a gazelle. It just does what it does. So it's like what we do. We just have to do this. Like Rorschach, he has to do it. He's compelled to do it. That's how we got back together after seven years. That's how we're here right now. I'll be honest, just to delving into my, my choice of the falcon. I did that because I'm Maltese. Oh, I'm, I'm part Maltese on my dad's side. So the Maltese falcon, it's a thing in sport. <laughs> it's a sport reference, which is not mystical or cool at all. But, um, it's, but it's when, yours. It's when someone kicks a ball in into someone else's head and they literally get a face full of fucking ball. But then... Um, <laughs> well, no, there was a rugby player. I can't remember his name. He was a Maltese guy, uh, a rugby league player. And for some reason, on the fifth tackle of the rugby league, they would kick the ball towards the opposing side. side. And for some reason, this Maltese guy, I can't remember his friggin' name now. It was one of the Fennec boys, I think. But yeah, it would always seem to zero in on his face and like a full pelt kick from another man would smack him in the face. And the commentators, the commentators called it the Maltese Falcon. Whenever that happened, it was a Maltese Falcon. So I took that and ran with it. I was like, I'm Maltese, blah, blah, blah. I think that's funny. Maltese Falcon. But then to know that the Falcon itself as, as an animal, as a predator, has the worst strike rate. They would dive bomb from like, hundreds of meters above and try and get another bird or another bit of prey at like 300 kilometers an hour or some crazy shit they would dive bomb down but they would miss like 90 percent of the time and like i thought that was a mad representation of me because i i stabbed a lot in the dark and i would miss a shitload but um i would also the 10 percent that I would, I would get there with, uh, I was happy with, and it would feed me. So, yeah, oh little insight into the falcon mentality. Who wants to be next to jump in and explain their, their spirit animal? Uh, I'll go. So my animal that I chose is the raven. The reason being from as far back as I can remember, I always thought ravens were pretty badass. The sound, the look, they were like sleek. They're always shiny and black and, like the sound of them was always kind of cool. And, you know, and then growing up, I sort of gravitated toward different media. Like one of my favorite movies of all time is The Crow. Uh, just the, the imagery behind the raven or the crows just sort of like resonated with me. A lot of the times I would notice similarities with, you know, the, the, the mysticism surrounding the raven. There was a lot of Native American books and reading in my house growing up. Both my parents are fairly in tune with that sort of thing. So uh, I was no stranger to that sort of thing in the house either. And um, yeah, I, I chose it chose it for that. And then lots of little things I'd find similarities with being mischievous and I'm, I can be a bit of a smart ass at times. You know, that sort of thing. Resourcefulness, you know, I haven't always had it the easiest way, sort of coming up behind the eight ball sort of thing. Uh, Ravens are very resourceful with, you know, in nature and stuff like that. So, yeah, there are lots of similarities. Okay, and does that happen to be the reason that you are a Baltimore Ravens fan as well? Uh, yes, of sorts. <laughs> but um, so the Baltimore Ravens got their name from the fact that Edgar Allan Poe lived and worked a majority of his life in Baltimore, including writing the um, the the poem. He did not. Pretty sure he did. I, I'll double check, but pretty sure. Okay, yeah, that, that's 
really interesting. I just I had that opportunity to, to take a little dig and I took it. Who who's next? Who wants to share their little story? I'll go next if that's okay. Absolutely, go for it. I was about to say no one's arguing with you, so go right ahead. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I chose the fox because of once again similarities. I'm an omnivore. Foxes are omnivores. I have small animals like birds, reptiles, and frogs. Um, I also come out at night mostly, and I have orange fur and a giant tail. So that's mostly it. I knew your your diet of, of reptiles and frogs would absolutely be a part of that reason. Mate, it's um, it's got everything to do with my physique, actually. It's how I maintain this um, rotund figure. Too many reptiles and uh, small frogs. So no, no deeper meaning for you, Oldie. Uh... <laughs> You'll notice with most things in my life, mate, there's quite a lack of decent meaningful. There are some things that are decent meaningful, but most of it's just fun. That's it. <laughs> Foxes like fun, and they're very playful. It suited me very well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and you're foxy. Oh. I, I was going to reveal that at the end, but that's fine. I mean, I could hear that from here. Titillating commentary. I, I could hear a splatter there, mate. Yeah, there's shockwaves going down my penis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, sorry. I just farted. That's all it was. There are things that I will edit out, and that's not one of them. That's staying in. You're just going to make sure that his penis stays in? Yeah, always. <laughs> that was excellent. Well done, Cam. Good setup. You're welcome. No, not bad. Not bad. Good now, setup. For a good little uh, transition, Cam, I think it's your turn. Uh, okay, so... A couple of times, uh, like old jobs and stuff, like I had people that had uh, like referred to me as a monkey. So, oh yeah, so just in case you hadn't re- realized, my spirit animal is a chimp. But I had people who had referred to me previously as a monkey because I would kind of frequently break OH&S laws and uh, climb shelving. Also, I've had numerous people tell me that I just personally look simian. Um, <laughs> probably, look, I-, I took it I took it as a, what's the word, as like a compliment. There we go. You know, obviously, my, my simian brain hasn't picked up language yet. And also, to a certain degree, it was a matter of, like, the people that had made those comments, it's like, yeah, fuck you, I'll just embrace it. You know what I mean? It's like, and it seems to fit. Yeah, a little bit, I reckon. <laughs> just a little bit. I think what people don't realise in the in the film clip is that there was actually no editing of your head for the animations. <laughs> Everybody else, not yourself. Yeah, you are 100% correct. Uh, Benson, uh, the wolf, what's the story behind that one? Uh, like wolves. The massive fan of Duran Duran. <laughs> He's hungry. That's pretty good. That's pretty. I really like that. I like the haircut. Um, no, it's just ancient totems. You know, that's like I was saying previously. It's just you don't really choose it. It just like all these previous incidents with you know they have a certain affinity to it. With Adam's story or Aldi's story and some events that happen throughout your life and you sort of have an affinity for things and you attach yourself to certain, you know, what's your favorite color, your favorite song, etc. And like when you're a kid, you're like, oh, that's your favorite animal. So it's like people tend to forget those types of things, like what's your favorite, whatever. So it's just kind of like a reminder to sort of keep that flame alive kind of thing. Don't lose that kind of curiosity or wonder. It's just a totem to remind yourself amongst other things, but mainly because of that. And like, yeah, it's a pack animal. You know, there's no such thing as a lone wolf, really. That doesn't exist. It's just a sad wolf. <laughs> but, it's, yeah, you need a Pac-Man. So I like, need a Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, you, you get it. It's also like that light and darkness thing, the yin-yang balance. Like there's two wolves inside of everybody, dark and a light. And the riddle is like which one wins out? And the answer is the one you feed the most. And so that's that sort of 
find it to be like applicable and yeah that's what my affinity for that animal is yeah that's fair i i learned a bit about the the light and dark wolf inside you my my dad's a big fan of wolves and that that's kind of his his totem as well and so i've been exposed to that for a lot of my life and can definitely see a lot of what you're saying and i actually learned recently that there is no such thing as an alpha wolf after the guy who coined the term did some more research and went whoops i was wrong sorry mate (laughs) yeah so everyone kind of shares that responsibility but there's still a bit of direction ever see hangover man where he talks about the wolf pack and he like cuts his hand yeah 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 you know yeah Context is important. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. That's just how stupid it is. If anyone hasn't seen it by this point, context doesn't really matter anymore. I think uh, that film's been out for a lot of years. So if you haven't seen it, go and see it. Yeah, can you calm down on the fucking spoilers, boys? <laughs> You'll be right, mate. <laughs> all I, was, right. I was about to say, how long is this pause going to be before you all realise I'm not to be taken seriously? <laughs> I've never taken you seriously in the 10 odd years that I've known you, and I don't think anybody else has either. So, yeah, and nor should you. Exactly right. Well, thank you very much, lads, for giving me a bit of a, a look in. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. Did, were we talking about shapes too? You mentioned geometry and the geometric imagery. Uh, I chose diamond because diamonds are a girl's best friend and they're pretty badass and pointy. <laughs> they're hard. Are you also a girl's best friend? Well, one girl. Yeah, I guess. She, she does see you as a best friend, and she's lovely. And the saying is, a girl's best friend, so that works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are well, you also hard, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can you cut glass? Yes. I, hey, I have. Well, he did. He cut glass for a job. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, yeah. Uh, let, let's Let's talk about the geometry, because there is that imagery in the clip as well. So inform me. So um, I chose Parallelogram because I like the name. Knew it. <laughs> and everything else is taken. That's what happens when you turn up late to prep that day. <laughs> I also like that it has um, two sides that are facing each other that aren't of equal length. Oh, a clue, or, or alternately, it is just Adam's totem turned to its side. Zing. Borrowed. (laughs) (laughs) And that is only something I would notice because I'm sitting in front of it right now. Sorry, there was no deeper meaning for that one. That's fine. I think we've all come to expect that now. I'm still writing it down as trapezoid, though. Whatever. (laughs) You do you, man. (laughs) Benson, uh, what is your chosen geometric shape? Uh, Triangle. The triple angle, because three. And uh, it's the strongest geometric shape probably in like architecture, mathematics, you know, Pythagoras, maybe besides the spiral, but you know, nobody chose that. So, I mean, like besides this, like drawing all the artwork, I was like, I can't be fucked drawing spirals all the time, man. It just looks like spaghetti. Just looks like pasta or whatever. It's not, it's not going to look cool all the time. You can only redraw like the DNA helix or, uh, you know, Hermes caduceus with the two snakes crawling around the stuff, like, you know, the symbol for medicine or whatever. That's pretty cool, but nobody chose that. So I'm just glad everyone chose simple shapes enough to draw. But yeah, triangle. I always paint it on myself before a gig. It's like war paint. It sort of gets me into the mood and the, uh, like, mind space. It takes the, perform this band's music. <laughs> That's it. 
That, that's fair. Is there any particular uh, form of triangle that, that you lean more towards? No, just any and all. Just three sides joined together. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. It could be equilateral or isosceles. I'm good. You know, I'm good. It doesn't matter. As long as it's got three sides and three points a bit. And you can throw it like a ninja star. So, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, Benson, I have two questions I'd like to raise in regards to, well, one in regards to your choice and another one that's not, if that's okay. Yeah, go. Do you know that 3D model rendering done in modern video games is done in triangles? Yes, I do know that, Aldi. <laughs> that's a very good point as well. I did not know that. I, I only know that because I watched too many YouTube videos on video games. And the second one is I chose the wrong shape because there is no emoji for parallelogram. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel how, like how you? You're into it now. It's permanent. Well, it will be. I'll get a tattoo gun and we'll make it permanent. Can I change mine to a megaphone? <laughs> sure, I feel like. <laughs> Are you looking at your emoji keyboard now, Ollie? Totes not looking at emoji keyboard. Never. I'm more concerned about the fact you use the word totes. Yeah, same. Negotiate. That's exactly my point. That'll Very be um, an odd band meeting next week. <laughs> This is why you're not in charge of lyricism. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very good point. So, Cam, uh, your shape, sir. Um, when I actually put some thought into it at this point in time, like I kind of go, why? Why did I choose a hexagon? Oh, yeah, it's a hexagon. I don't know. I think it's just something appealing to it. Like, it is, like, I think it was just something symmetrical that wasn't, you know, that wasn't something that you'd typically go for, something a little bit more left of center that's not quite a parallelogram. But, um... Yeah, no, it's not really entirely certain why I wound up choosing it. I just kind of did. That, that's absolutely fine. But I like it. As long as you're happy with it. That's the main thing. Yeah, well, I still use... Uh, there's a there's an image from a very old photo shoot of me having it painted around my eye that I still use on pretty much all of my social media, so... I, I'm very familiar with the photo you're talking about, and it is really, really old. Now, seeing as we've seemed to have... Shout out to uh, Megan, our good friend Megan, for that photo shoot. Thank you, yeah, Megan. I, thank you, Megan. I, actually, I was speaking to Megan today, so, uh, yeah, she's uh, keen for more photo shoots in the future. That's it. We, we do yeah. need a an updated situation in the very near future when everyone's allowed to be in the same room uh, makes it a lot easier than taking photos over the Zoom calls. Oh, absolutely. And also, I'd just like to point out that um, all the shapes would look like they all would really suit like a big superhero, like chess piece, like chess plate sort of thing. You know, like the Superman sort of S, like all of our shapes would look sick on like a bulging chest. Especially the parallelogram. Oh, okay, yeah, especially the parallelogram. <laughs> yeah, he can be called Parallelman. <laughs> hey, hey. I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious as to which one of us has a bulging chest in a, in a superhero type way. I mean, uh, I've got a bulging chest, but it's in a completely the wrong way. Mine's in a dead bod, so it's like bulging chest, but upside down. There's a lot of treasure, a lot of sunken <laughs> chests. I think now. Yeah, I can, I can deal with that. That's all right. I'm in that. Uh, circle two now uh we, we've seemed to have uh lost track of your vocalist does anyone know what his shape is the the geometric not his body shape we don't need to it's a circle well that that's nice and simple one line that works there's i can't no remember why and there's no end because he likes going around in circles because he's loopy <laughs> absolutely that's why <laughs> and there is absolutely no end to him. i guess just look at it. no exactly no no there is no end to Josh's own there. So much so, like, you can't even close a podcast with him right now. 
because he can't end it because he's not around. Well, that's his loss. I don't know where he is. We'll find him before <laughs> the next episode is uh, put together. But thank you very much, gents, for giving me a little bit of an insight into your animal totems and your choice of geometry. Been very enlightening uh, for most of it. Sometimes you just go, I like it, and that's it. And I'm all good with that. So we'll wrap it up right there. And we will touch base very soon uh, for another chat. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay. No worries, bro. This has been a Loosely in Disguise production.